Hey, this is Dr. Ari Grubner. Welcome to the Niflosa Bore podcast. This is part two of the discussion about the immune system, the crime scene. Here we will discuss fever and immunodeficiencies and other Niflosa Bore. Stay tuned. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. So I think one of the things in talking about infection, I think one of the things that just has to be touched upon is the basically the thing we all think about immediately when you think about infection. Doctors and even non-doctors, non-medical people, is the, the thing we immediately associate usually with infection is a fever. And I think that's something important to talk about is what is this whole idea of a fever? Now, think about body temperature. We all know, you know, body temperature, if we check our kids or we check ourselves, we want to know if we have a fever. Usually the average is going to be around 98, something like that, 98.5. And this is a phenomenal thing to think about. I mean, we're used to this idea of maintaining temperature because we live in a day and age with air conditioning and heat and obviously with electricity and in our cars and in our houses. So for us, it, it makes sense to us. It's It's not a something that stands out in our minds, when you think about setting the temperature to a certain number and keeping it there. But when you stop and think about the body, the human body, from the time of creation of human beings thousands and thousands of years ago, that we're able to maintain a temperature in that perfect range. And we can go out, you know, we can play in the snow for two hours and then come back in and check our temperature and our internal body temperature. If you would take a thermometer and put it inside someone's mouth after two hours playing out in the snow, it's not gonna change. So even though we're in a colder environment, our body works to keep our temperature exactly in that range. And the same thing if we'd play basketball outside for three hours. I mean, obviously there are extremes and exceptions if someone's outside for 20 hours in this extreme heat, they can become overheated, can get heat stroke, and the same thing on the opposite end. But in a regular, healthy, you normal person going out for a few hours in the cold or going out for a few hours in the heat, I mean, the thermostat system, the, the way that the body is able to know what it should be set at. And if we're out in the cold, the body's gonna work harder to maintain that 98 degrees. And if we're out in the heat in 110 Fahrenheit and our body's gonna maintain the 98 no matter what. I mean, that's a fascinating, fascinating thing. An amazing concept to think about obviously predates electricity and thermostats and air conditioning and all that. But the one time, seemingly, the one time that we all understand that our bodies all of a sudden are this crazy intricate system that maintains our perfect core body temperature all of a sudden when it changes is when we get an infection, right? When we get sick, when kids get sick, all of a sudden it goes up to 100, 101, 102, 103. And they've done some studies about this and I mean, this is just mind, mind boggling. This is just phenomenal. They've done studies about this and what they found is that bacteria, they, bacteria love the bloodstream. They love getting into the human being. 
They love replicating. That's immediately what they do is replicate and replicate. That's one of the struggles of fighting infections is that these guys just keep replicating and increasing and increasing. What they found is that the bacteria are much better, and the viruses too, much better at replicating at body temperature and not as good once the body temperature starts to rise up. I mean, that just blew my mind when I heard that, that the body almost on its own recognizes there's something foreign here besides the whole antibody thing and the white blood cells and everything trying to attack these guys and get them out of here. But the one time, all of a sudden, this core temperature that you could be playing outside in the snow and it doesn't budge, you know, your temperature stays 98 or whatever it's at, all of a sudden, the temperature starts to rise. And what they found is it, it makes it more difficult for bacteria and for viruses to replicate. That just blew my mind. I mean, this is just a fascinating, fascinating thing about body temperature. Number one, how the body maintains the body temperature. And number two, how the body knows to increase the body temperature, specifically right then when there's an invader, when there's an intruder. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, as you may have noticed listening to my other podcasts, is I think the most remarkable thing about all the systems and all of human physiology, the entire human body, what what really blows me away is the exactness of everything. We talked about this with the kidneys, with the lungs, with everything, how there's this perfect balance. Somehow, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem created us with this system that maintains a perfect balance. And we see this with everything. The kidneys keep a perfect balance and the lungs and the bloodstream. Everything is just balanced so perfectly and it can't go one way or the other way. On either end, it ends up that a person doesn't do well. And I just want to point that out here too, that we can talk about the same thing. The immune system also has to be perfectly, perfectly balanced on this tightrope, right in the middle, where there's white blood cells, those are the police guys, the cops, looking for intruders, they're creating antibodies, those are those weapons, those tailor-made little weapons that search out and attack the things that they're looking for. Immunodeficiencies, people who are lacking in an immune system, it doesn't mean that they have no immune system, but there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different types of diseases where people are lacking a part of their immune system. It's beyond the scope right now to talk about it. The immune system is so complicated, but any step along the way could be deficient and you could be lacking something and it could make the person more susceptible to infections and there's a whole world of diseases something to think about. I mean, every time our body fights an infection, it's something to think about. There are people out there who are immunodeficient and it's difficult for them to get rid of infections. They can get an infection and they might not be able to get rid of it. They might not be able to get rid of it. I mean, the simplest way to think about it is the antibody deficiencies. There are people who are lacking the ability to create enough antibodies. So those little weapons that go and search out and get rid of the bacteria, get rid of the viruses. There are people who are sick who cannot create those antibodies. And when they do lab tests, they do blood tests, if you take a look in those people's blood, they will have lower numbers of antibodies. They'll have lower number of, numbers of antibodies. So that's one end of the spectrum. Obviously that's easy to understand is that we need to have adequate antibodies to fight infections because if we have not enough, too few antibodies, then that would be a category called immunodeficiency and those people Obviously, it's a whole a whole category of of issues. Um, as an aside, you know, just an interesting medical point is that the way that a lot of those people get treated is they get donations. 
plasma donations. That's this whole thing now with COVID-19 that everyone's talking about giving plasma with COVID antibodies. The way that a lot of people with immunodeficiencies make up for their lack of antibodies, make up for their lack of those antibodies is they get donations from people and they pool all of those of that blood together. So imagine, you know, 60-year-old guy goes, he's a nice caring guy, he donates blood, and he has a lifelong 60 years of antibodies built up in his bloodstream because every time he got infected, boom, his body created these antibodies and they floated around in his blood for 60 years. So when he his blood is really precious to someone who's immunodeficient, if you think about it. So he gives a little blood and then someone else gives some blood and someone else gives some blood. And let's say 100 people donate blood, they pool it all together. That blood now is very, very rich. It's full of antibodies, rich in antibodies, and they donate it. They give it to people, you know, it's called IVIG. And they can give it to people who are immunodeficient and it can help them out. And just an interesting medical therapy. Now on the other spectrum, so t walking this tightrope, where we need to have exactly the right amount of antibodies, the right perfect balanced immune system. Too little equals immunodeficiency. On the other side of it, there are things, and I'm sure people have heard this term, unfortunately it's very sad, but leukemia. Leukemia is actually a cancer of the white blood cells. It's when those white cops, the white blood cell cops, when they, when, you know, God forbid cancer strikes. So we think of cancer maybe as like a mass, you know, a tumor that's growing, but the cancers of the blood, it's not a physical piece that's growing in the person. It's that in their blood, there's too many of those white blood cells. And you might think, well, great, you know, more cops, more people to look out, more people to make sure there's no intruders. But unfortunately, it's really, as we can all understand, it's really not, not a good thing. There's a lot of complications. It's not within the scope to go into right now, but that's what leukemia, leukemia is. Leukemia is a cancer of the white blood cells. Those guys, those guys who are fighting the cops, you know, having a cancer where they're just replicating and replicating, totally not controlled in a not controlled environment, not controlled fashion. So that's the opposite extreme where there's too much, you know, too much of those white blood cells. There's another type of cancer of the blood uh, called multiple myeloma. Maybe people have heard that term before. Devastating, devastating disease. It's a cancer of, it's basically overproduction of these antibodies that we're talking about, of those weapons, which go out and seek the bad guys. And again, you know, someone might think, wow, great. You know, total, tons of reproducing of those antibodies. It sounds like it should be great. But sadly, um, it's a really devastating, devastating disease. And one of the things that happens, unfortunately, is there's so much of these antibodies being produced that they start to, to actually clog different organs. And they, get, they clog up the kidneys and they can get clogged up in different places and in the bones. And it's very, very devastating and very sad. And it really puts perspective on this whole thing of how, wow, you know, HaKadosh Baruch who created this perfect, perfect amount of antibodies. Too little, there's not enough, and we're immunodeficient. And too much, and antibodies are over, there's too much of them, they go and clog up different organs, and it's a devastating, devastating outcome. So I think it's something to think about. Again, in these Niflo Sabore, to think about our immune system, to think about how it's perfectly balanced. The white blood cells looking out, the cops looking out for those intruders, creating antibodies, 
The antibodies are those tailor-made weapons that go and attack the intruders. It's truly, truly one of the Niflois Habore. Thank you so much for listening to part two of the crime scene, a discussion about the immune system. This is Dr. Ari Grubner with the Niflo Sabori podcast. Join us next time.